What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Uh, Welcome back to the A's for Alcoholic podcast, the only recovery podcast that two middle-aged guys meander and talk about video games, exercise. And running. Yeah, I, like last week, they're just like, well, I don't hear any fucking recovery in here. It's just two guys talking about running and uh-huh. video games. And the glitches they fixed on Fallout 76. Have they fixed right. all those? No, that shit's fucked. I'm not playing that right now. Oh. What are you, are you I'm still... backing off it. I'm doing the whole Bioshock series. I'm on oh. the uh, Bioshock Infinite, which is the third in the game. But I'm doing all the DLCs and everything, too. What's the one in the Sky Palace or the Sky City? That's the last one, Bioshock Infinite. That's the yeah. one I'm about four hours into now. But okay. I just did Bioshock 2 and the DLC for that and mm. Bioshock 1. And, mm. yeah. um, I, I was, I've been doing some research on... There's, there's the um, I don't remember what they're called exactly, but they're video games that are done with the live action. Like they actually take video footage of people. Right. And so you play it like a movie. I don't know movie. what it's called either. I don't know. But, oh, are you talking about those games from the '90s that had yeah, like, well, <laughs> well, not Hank Azaria in it or something? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. But there's some that have been made more recent. I haven't, I haven't bought it yet, but I've been kind of uh-huh. curious about it. I've been kind of checking them out, but I haven't, I haven't dived into it just yet. I haven't felt like I've had a lot of time for gaming lately. No, I mean, I mean, I haven't, haven't. Like all my friends get together, my video game crew, mm-hmm. the dudes I play with, you know, in the evenings, and they play Friday the Thirteenth. That's what we've been playing lately. But I haven't had a chance to play. As a matter of fact, I picked up my phone right now because somebody was texting, and they just sent a picture of Jason in a bikini, and they were like, "Who's down?" And I'm like, "Well, I got to do podcast, and then Megan's gonna want to watch a movie tonight, so, and I gotta get up at six in the morning. So sorry, fellas." No bikini Gonna, Jason tonight. No bikini Jason tonight. Yeah, but that's well, right, maybe tomorrow. You know, I think we've. I, speaking of, of video games and recovery, I mean, you've you've said it many times. What was the game that saved your life in early recovery? Oh, Last of Us. The Last of Us. So yeah, Last of Us and this game, Bioshock Infinite, that I'm playing right now. I played in early recovery. I'm going through it again, like what five and a half years later. Is it kind of like going through the steps again? Like you feel? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, but I do have like vivid. I do have vivid memories. Yeah, of like sitting. I would like push this easy chair right in front, like directly in front of the TV. I'd sit like four feet away from it in this giant overstuffed easy chair. My brother-in-law's with like two liters of coke and like fucking rock stars at like two in the morning when I didn't have to get up at six. You mm-hmm. know, and, and and play these games just like by myself. Yeah, but I'm having memories of that. You know, I think anything that will kill the time when that's really all you're trying to do is well, kill time. For, yeah. And it's different for everybody. You know, I, I don't know if I was any more. I don't know if I was luckier in my recovery than other people were in that I was kind of distant. You know, my wife and daughter were out of state in early, early, those early, early months, you know, and mm-hmm. going through the withdrawal period and shit like they weren't around. You know, they had gone back to Arizona at that point where I was just going through like the hard hard shit in the beginning i mean it still fucking sucks now sometimes but you know like that real early hard shit you know Mm, yeah yeah i got i you know some other people got to get up and go to work and deal with their family and do their shit all day and man my hat's off to him because that is that's a lot of work you know Mm -hmm. it takes a lot yeah and deal with withdrawals yeah fuck all that and changing your entire life Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Your personality, your way of looking at the world, and everything about you. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so you mentioned something about a taco van, like it was not a truck, but you got it was taco- a van. 
It was a taco van. So, uh, yeah, it was, I, I don't know. Um, so this barber, this hairdresser that works next door to the tattoo shop, she's got a really good friend who does this outreach for um, legalized immigrants that mm-hmm. live in the United States. And she had some people from Mexico that are naturalized citizens now. I don't know if naturalized is the correct term, but they're citizens now. They're American citizens. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to open up a taco truck. And uh, so they gave them funding for it. And she's like, go check it out. It's over the park blocks downtown. So I went down there. And it wasn't even like a roach coach, like a cart with a window. Right. The dude just opened the back doors of the van. He made me a bunch of tacos. We started speaking Spanish to each other. And he's like, where'd you learn Spanish? And I was like, oh, I grew up on the border. And the taco truck was called the DFA, you know, the DF, the federal district. That's Mexico City, mm-hmm. you know, Washington, D.C. Well, in right. Mexico, it's the DFA, you know. And I was like, oh, the truck's called the DFA. And I'm like, where are you from? And he like points at the sign. He's like, the DFA. And I was like, oh, yeah, that fucking makes sense. He's from Mexico City? Yeah. Isn't that like the biggest city in the world or something like that? It's like huge. No, I think Hong Kong is. Oh, okay. I think it's one. I think it's like the second biggest. So, and I, I think it's I, Hong Kong, Mexico City, and then something else. Um, and for anybody listening in Mexico City or Hong Kong, I uh, encourage you to write us and tell us about your experience, uh, English speaking or otherwise. Hopefully, English. <laughs> I can't read. I can't read Spanish. I could probably send the email to Jerry and he could translate it. But or I'm, even yeah. Well, um, or even even in Chinese or 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 uh, Mandarin, I guess I could find a way to translate it. But I guess the to... largest city in the world, John, is called Chongqing. Chongqing, and that's in China. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. I thought I thought that I thought that Mexico City held some large place. I know. I I just I don't know. But speaking of our international audience, I did get an email from Ireland that I want to read to the class, if I could. Go ahead. Um, uh, it says, Hi, Jerry and John. I love the show. I heard your shout out for your listeners to contact you on the last podcast. So I'm writing to you as one of your faithful Irish listeners in Dublin. So that's pretty wow. cool. Wow. International. Uh, that's rad. Mm-hmm. I'm not an alcoholic myself, but your show has helped me get, uh, get, helped me get my head around my sisters and others going ongoing struggles with staying sober or problem drinking. She's in a lot better place than she is. She has been and is working now again, and has her driver's license back. And but will relapse at weekends. So I guess she drinks on the weekends, even though she's trying uh, to get cleaned up. It's caused right. a lot of difficulty and sadness in our family. Your pod is a nice space I can quietly dwell in and get to understand the way people with alcoholism think and act. It helps to see when someone's making steps forward and how one's relationship with sobriety is always maturing with time. I'm on my own learning curve. I remember having discussions with her seven years ago where I would say, why don't you just drink six days a week and take one day off? I can now see (laughs) the naivety of my thinking. If I could ask ye a question about something that has been discussed on the show a few times, it would be to give an explanation of the dry drunk, quote unquote, from how ye discussed it. I thought it meant someone in recovery but still behaving alcoholically. Uh, could you describe this non-drinking alcoholic type behavior or thinking when you are sober do you have a dry drunk side of yourself you need to keep in check also i have heard my sister refer to people who have never drank alcohol as dry drunks can this actually be possible i like how you also and he he writes ye ye also deal with getting older and your health and running as a keen runner i am loving following you get more into your running stick with it it keeps getting better, and you keep improving and looking better. You will always make friends through it with time and achieve things you never thought you could. And have you ever regretted going out for a run afterwards? Thanks for sticking with the long email. Keep up the good work, and uh, love the tunes on the show. I don't know what tunes do we play. Maybe it means the music. All the best. Um, and it's his name is Diermid, spelled D-I-A-R-M-U-I-D. It's a Gaelic name pronounced Deermid. So, thank you, Deermid. Yeah, thanks, man. In, in I'm not even going to try that name because I'll just <laughs> fuck it all up. So, uh, my <laughs> my understanding of a dry drunk is is just not working any sort of program and just sort of white knuckling it, right? Like, right. I'm, well, well, maybe yes you have. I think no. you. I think you have given a better explanation than than I have in the past. I think my concept of dry drunk has always been me relapsing into the behaviors that I exhibited 
most strongly during my active alcoholism. So there was a lot of um, conditional conditionalism. I do this to get that. You mm-hmm. know, I, I I say this so you say this back. You know, there's a lot there's a lot of selfishness in my in my active alcoholism where like I can get this from you, and I still can exhibit those behaviors now in, in sobriety because I think you can. Me personally, my opinion is like you. You don't have to necessarily work a program. I mean, you can still be sober and maybe in some type of recovery, but I would imagine recovery more kind of aligns with working some type of program. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But I think for me, dry drunk has always been those actions and behaviors I exhibited when I was drinking. I do them when I'm sober, you know, like like being irresponsible or fucking off on things or... You know what I mean? Like just kind of giving into those baser parts of myself that really want to be, that really want to be like uh, gratified in the moment, you know, without thinking about any long term. And it's okay to gratify yourself in the moment every once in a while. But when I make that like my number one priority, when I, when I, Jerry Wagner, am number one priority on my list, that's when I know I'm dry drunk in it, in my own personal opinion. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I, I think that for me, it's, it's this, you talk about working a program. And so there were so many things, there were so many other things that were, were a problem. It wasn't just, Oh, I drink alcohol and I get crazy. You know, I was shirking every single bit of responsibility. There was no personal responsibility or there was the absolute bare minimum get to work to make the money to buy the booze and repeat. And Mm -hmm. so everything else was peripheral and, or I just ignored it. So I think that that, to me, that's a lot of that dry dry. And that's what I mean about like working a program is. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When we, one of the ways I've heard it described is recovery is recovering the person you used to be before you started drinking. And right. for a lot of us, that was like a teenager. So we never even really fully developed as adults. <laughs> right. So, I mean, but I was fucked up before I started drinking. Mm-hmm. So I'm like even recovering from that because I don't want to be the person I was before I started drinking. No. I want to be just who I you know what I mean like a, mm-hmm. a more a better version of myself I mm-hmm. guess because I sucked when I was not drinking before I started drinking I was like a sad little kid like I don't want to be a sad old man I want to be like a mildly tempered old man who yeah. has his moments of brief brilliance mm-hmm. but it's it's true it's true yeah I, I, but this I, is for me personally and I, I, I yeah I don't mean to like just disagree with everything you're saying mm-hmm. I just I, I just think that I need to I need to recover those parts of me that I like and there were some mm-hmm. before I started drinking but that's we're talking yes, like right it's 16, and you're talking 17. about like right and these playful kind of introspective this mm-hmm. person that did things without worrying about being judged you know what I mean just mm-hmm. like your true self who you truly are I, I get that absolutely yeah. um so when I when I don't or and I always feel Again, another phrase is the irritable, restless, and discontent. And I often, right. I don't often, I should say, but I will feel that way and I will wonder what's wrong. And at, le- at least now, before, I would just drink and just to yeah. make it go away. So I wasn't actually dealing with it. I was just covering it up. Um, and now I, when those feelings come up of, of any kind, whether it's just mild irritation or if I feel deep and heavy sadness, I start to think, where did this come from and how can I, how can I help fix this? Or how can, right. I, how can I move through this in the, in the best, fastest possible way? Or what is, it, what is this trying to tell me? You know, so it's, that's what the recovery part of it is for me. Right, um, correct, yeah. And so when I when I ignore those and the only thing I'm doing is going, I'm not going to drink today. I'm not going to drink today. That's I'm not changing. I'm not a drunk anymore. Right. So that's that kind of dry drunk shit, too, though. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're just constantly obsessed with the idea that you're not going to drink today, you're just taking the idea of being obsessed with drinking and flipping it. into I'm not going to drink. There's right. this like path of behaviors we take that is that are huge outside of drinking. You know, drinking just tends to be that catalyst, you know, that changes those behaviors and amplifies them. But, you know, I mean, once you get rid of the alcohol and, and you're physically over it, that's just like, that's just one thing out of the way. There's so much more shit left to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, it's fucking life. There's always shit to do. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's never going to be not 
something to do in my life. Like there's always going to be yeah. something that needs to be attended to, whether it be a physically or emotionally or around the house or, you know, anything. So I think that that's, that's the best way I can describe it is that you're not, that I, I behave as a dry drunk when I am not actively working on being a better person and not that it needs to right. be a chore, but it, a, nah. but a choice that right. I, that I, because I reap the benefits of that. It's not like, oh, I have to be a better person because my, my wife wants me to be, or my boss wants me to be, or my kids want me to right. be or whatever. It's mm-hmm. that it just feels better. And it's hard to get there. And for somebody, you know, when you say, why don't you just not drink one day a week? Or, you know, why don't you take some time off or just do it part time? And um, right. I think that trying to understand the obsession of of an alcoholic when you're not one, the closest. I think it's kind of like fucking potato chips or something. That's the closest analogy I can come to where you're just like, I got to have another and I got to have another and I got to have another, you know, and you talk about calorie counting and you say, I'm going to count out nine Doritos. I do too. I count them out. I love them. (laughs) Just give them kisses. I probably use that joke a billion times, but so I I would just, you know, nobody, it's, um, it's like the Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. And I think that that is, that's, that's a pretty decent metaphor because once once you start drinking, you can't wait until you hit the fucking bottom, and then you're just covered in greasy crumbs. You right. Know? At least with the Pringles, you don't like projectile vomit and lose a shoe. <laughs> yeah. Fucking get into a fight with an Uber driver. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jesus. you do. I don't know. It's a lot of Pringles. But yeah, I I I, I do appreciate that the 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 writer, you know, saying that they understand the naivete of it now, being like, well, why don't you just take one night off because there's a compulsion there it's a, it's just as compulsive as someone who has ocd mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and has yeah. to go through a, a series of rituals you know yeah. there's just a compulsion there it's just it's just happens to be centered around a, a, a substance that mm-hmm. gets you all fucked up so now you're doing this obsessive compulsive this compulsive set of behaviors and it all centers around that thing you know so you're like well what yeah exactly and it gotta have it even to me wasn't like a running monologue in my head my alcoholism was like this is just what we do i mean there was a gotta have it but it wasn't like in a movie where i was like sweating and jonesing and be like i gotta have it i'm like this is just what i do and if i don't know what i can do with myself if i can't do this i don't know what to do if i can't do this that's the big thing i remember not having enough money once in tucson to get a bottle of whiskey and like having a fucking flat out panic attack and i was like this is a problem and i still didn't quit drinking for another four or five years after that or maybe it was three years but you know it was uh like this i this is just who i am and what i do and this is just what i do now this is just what I do, and I'm just going to keep doing this till it kills me. And I just keep, you know what, I just keep acting up while I'm doing it. So if I could just not get mad and not act up and not treat everybody bad, then I'm willing to pay for the hangover. And I'm willing to pay for, like, the money and shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That idea that, oh, well, yeah. I'm only hurting because, myself, so it doesn't matter. Right, right. And we tend to, I tend to, f- I, I think I tend to focus on the bad parts all the time where I'm like, yeah, I had all these conflicts and all this heavy depression and these suicidal thoughts and it's the the mundane aspect of it we tend not to look at very much which is this mundane repetitious routine that is just what you are it's not even it's not even who it's what what am i this is what i am you know mm-hmm. which yeah which was not much for me near the end nah, it's just like fucking existing just to exist that's it there's not like experience there's no experiencing anything you're mm-hmm. just existing but then you're telling yourself oh i'm experiencing this great time and i'm going out and doing mexican ecstasy and dancing at a club with all these fucking fabulous people but then i would get so fucked up i'd do that for an hour and then go sleep in the car pissed off that my wife didn't want to leave when i wanted to leave because i was more fucked up do you know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't experiencing anything. I was just existing with experiences kind of bumping into them and they're happening to me. I'm mm-hmm. not, like, really feeling them, you know, with the whole of my personality, you know? Yeah. Um, and and which brings us to uh, today's letter, which we didn't talk about at the top of the show. Uh, but B is for um, better late than never. Right. And um, so do you, do, you ever, do you ever look back in, like, with any regret – 
for things? Do you ever find yourself? <laughs> you, I mean, no, I, <laughs> maybe that's an obvious. I just laugh. unfurl like a <laughs> mile long list. I'm just like, mm-hmm. CVS receipt. Oh. Yes, a long ass CVS receipt. I'm like, I should just put this on my notes on my phone. Mm-hmm. This could take up about a gig. Right. Yeah. But do you ever find yourself sitting in those things of like, God, I wish I would have quit drinking sooner, or God, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I, you, you know. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, yeah. I try not to. Um, I try not to think about it like that too much, though, because it's not. It's not really positive. It won't do anything for me. But, but more along the lines of, oh, pardon me. More along the lines of, I think, man, if I would have quit at like thirty or twenty-five instead of thirty-eight, you know, mm-hmm. like how much better my health would have been, or how much more I could have experienced with my daughter. Or, but I don't know. I'm I'm trying. I try my hardest every day to try to live in this moment now. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of think about then, because I cringe now most of the time, or I laugh about it, and I'm like, I was gross. Do you know what I mean? But usually, I think about some of the shit I do when I'm alone, and I just cringe really hard. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I think it, it's wasted wasted effort for me to be like, man, I should have quit in 2001. You know, like man, I could have got. I could have done, done so much. I could have, but you know, it doesn't. It doesn't serve anything. It doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve me. Nah. It doesn't serve the world to to lament my past, nah. right? Nah. It's like a great pay- playlist for the pity party. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is the best Spotify playlist ever for my pity parties. This is me being like, woulda, coulda, shoulda, man. Speaking why of which, I? did you get that that link that song I sent you? That Spotify song? Yeah, I haven't played it yet. Uh-uh, it's but just I got a it. funky version of like it's a weird version of what a fool believes. What a fool believes. Yeah, yeah. but it's not. As, yeah. I don't know. It's I mean, what a fool believes is already kind of funky on its own, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it it's just just the playlist for the pity party is so. Mm-hmm. It's it's just such a drag after a while, and the pity party yeah, is, is is such a bummer. And it and I I I try again. I have those moments, and I sit in them, and I think, gosh, I really wish. So I go, well, what would you what would you do now? Right. Ima- imagine you are twenty five, and you do have those years ahead of you. How would you behave today? Right. And so I probably wouldn't have gotten married. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. all these other things would have changed. But anyway, yeah, but exactly. What- just just what positive steps can I take today? And I think about stuff that I, the way that I have, the damage I have done to myself from my drinking. And I'll give you an example of, um, I've been going to the doctor lately and getting some MRIs on my back. And I had this pain in my spine and it's been like, it's up in my ass, literally. Like there's a pain in my ass that shoots down to my feet. And um, so I got an MRI and then they wanted to do one on my brain because of some hearing loss. So mm-hmm. they did a second MRI, which I freaked the fuck out on, and I had to get out. Like, yeah, I don't panic know, attack. Yeah, have you ever been in an MRI machine? No, uh-oh. So the first one, they just slid me in there. I did the deep breathing. I just talked to myself. I counted my breaths. I was able to do it. I handled it. No big deal. The second one, which was on my head, they basically have to immobilize your head. So they put these kind of cushions on the either side, and they put this sort of plastic helmet, but the guy called it a cage. They should really use a different word. Right. <laughs> but like, so now yeah. I'm thinking my head's in a cage. They should and... call it like a nest Yes, something. Exactly. Anyway, go ahead. So I'm laying there and I get about 20 minutes into it and I start to re- I start to imagine and I'm like trying to breathe and I'm like you're you're fine you're going to get through this it's no big deal but then I started to feel my blood like it felt like my blood was heating up and mm-hmm. I was remembering that um scene in uh Django Unchained where they have him upside down with the fucking cage on his head and I was oh, like yeah. mm-hmm. and I pushed the button and I'm like hello hello I'm done I'm done in here you can take me out you know I'm done uh-huh. And so they, they not get the full MRI. So they didn't. Then? So they didn't get the full one. They got a partial one. That's so the two separate issues. And the the ENT doctor and said he called me and said even with the partial one I can see there's nothing wrong. You don't have to go back. Thank you very Good. much. So that's yeah. great. With the lumbar one in my back, um, I have I have what is known as spinal uh, stenitis. I think. Uh huh. Stenosis stenitis. So basically, the tissue in between a few of my or a couple of my spinal bones my backbones has worn thin and so the bones are now pinching on the nerve which is where this pain is coming through this is not supposed to happen to people well into their 60s this is usually when this happens yeah so i'm 42 
I'll be 43 right. soon. But um, and I didn't. I haven't had a full um, consultation with the doctor. I'm going to see a, spain, a pain specialist tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, but my my only thing that I can think of is that I carried all this weight for so long on my back right. that it and you stood your majority of your job was standing and dude. I stood with all this weight for mm-hmm. so many years for 15 years I stood overweight on these fucking two little spinal things or whatever and finally wore uh-huh. that tissue down and right. so now like I accelerated the aging process of my spine by like 20 years I could be maybe I'm over exaggerating but this is not a problem that people my age should have no damn so here i am um dealing with the consequences of my behavior from the act of alcoholism now maybe the alcohol itself didn't affect my spine but it certainly affected my eating habits and so my your choice in your choice in um employment my choice of employment being a bartender yeah 100 you know um that was the easiest fastest bestest way for me to sleep in and drink all night mm-hmm. um eating like shit and eating late and eating too much and just being overweight and i was thinking today i was like fuck man like this or yesterday like this really sucks like what have i done like i i wish i would have done this sooner why didn't i know any better why didn't i know any better and why can't I go back and like tell myself like just even a year ago or five years ago, like, hey, like shit is going to get really bad and you're really going to hurt yourself and you're going to be in mild, steady pain every day and you won't be able to mm-hmm. do these cool things that you want to do. But I wasn't ready to listen to any of that shit, you know? Nah. Mm-hmm. And so like I guess 38 is not a bad age to get sober. Nah. You know? Nah. Like, is that yeah. is that when was that when you quit or when did you quit? I was thirty. I think I was thirty eight. Yeah. 38. Yes, I was thirty eight. Yeah, because I turned thirty nine like a month later. Um, yeah. So, that I think that the best way is to you know think about today. Like forget about I can't do anything about it. But what can I do today? So now I'm I'm guessing that either I can get like steroid injections every six months for the rest of my life. Or mm-hmm. I can like start doing some core work, start building that core, work on those abs. Of course, it's not that hard. It's kind of fun. I do it. I do it three days a week. You know, it's part of my weightlifting mm-hmm. routine, and it hurts, but it's like you start seeing it happen, and you're like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe this will just be a swimming podcast, right? And you will both stop running. I'll start swimming if you start swimming. I mean, it's the same cardio amount of cardio. Yeah. You don't even need to buy special shit. Maybe earproof fucking earbuds, and then just shorts. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Maybe some Crocs to wear around the pool so you don't get athlete's foot. Yeah, I don't want know. any of that shit. I, I just nah, I already you know, had that shit, man. I lived in a. They have those waterproof I, I beats by Dre. We yeah, there the, you go. Get that. Get that playlist. I don't going think for swimming, swimming. I'd have to look it up. I've always been curious about. This. But yeah, as far as swimming it, it, it affecting your spine or your back, or your body, because I know that those repeated shocks from running probably don't help your back either. Probably not. I think. That but then they. But you feel so good though. I get it. You know, so, I ran yesterday. It kind of sucked, but I felt good afterwards. But while I was doing it, I was like, "Fuck!" But I think I fucked my ankle up. I might have arthritis in it or something. I don't know. This is like an old man, everything hurts podcast. <laughs> well, I just, I think that there, there may be things that I can do if I can, if I can heal myself with, you know, physical therapy, exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start doing the Wim Hof, like breathing exercises too, where he holds his breath. You know who this dude is? He's a Dutch guy. No. He's like no. the Iceman. This is the guy who like hiked Mount Everest barefoot in a fucking pair of board shorts and shit. No, weird ass. That's <laughs> rad. What a weird rad he guy. He injected himself with E. coli and then he like breathed his fucking immune system to fight it off. Oh, bullshit. No way. I don't believe this. I'll... This sounds like some Reiki massage shit. <laughs> Where they just like wave their hands over your stomach and they're like, the cancer is gone and the cancer is never gone. This is their way. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. Send me a link. I probably won't watch it, but send it anyway. <laughs> send me a link. I won't watch it. <laughs> but, but I just, I, I, again, I have to, I have to be in that. I have to be grateful that I'm here now because it could be a lot worse, right? Yes. It could still be, yes. Yes. I could still Absolutely. be fat and drunk and mm-hmm. fucking tired all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just I, I, it's this mindfulness thing, right? It's it's crazy as fuck. It, it all comes back to it, mm-hmm. you know. I um my big thing, you know, that I, when I do get into that pity party is my career. 
you know, as a tattooer for 20 years. And I was just like, I've like fucking drank it all away. You know, I spent them almost all of it drinking. And I was like, I could have done so much more with it and been so much more forward thinking and had far more financially successful career. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Far more artistically, I could have been respected more. I mean, but now I look at it and I'm like, well, I don't, who fucking cares if anybody respects me anyway? I'm having, I'm enjoying myself for the, I'm kind of enjoying myself, you know, mm-hmm. but like I, those are things that when I was drinking and I know those are things that when I was drinking, I would get super upset about and be like, I fucking drank it all away. And then I'd be like a broken record and cry and get super upset that I fucked my life up and then just keep drinking. And now sometimes my pity party still is like, man, I could have achieved so much more. I felt like I had so much more in me, but I fucking drank it all. And now I'm too old, you know? And I'm like, come on now, dude. You know, you may be too old to tattoo the way these young guys are tattooing, but you can still own what you do and the way you do it and enjoy it. And who cares, you know? But at the end of the day, like, am I really going to be on my deathbed? In hospice or wherever, being like, man, I should have been a better tattooer. You know what I mean? No, fuck that. I'm not going to say that shit. No. It's like I'm not going to lay in bed and be like, I should have been at work more. You know? Mm -hmm. No, man. No, and I think that, I think you know, I think you know on some level that people do appreciate and like the shit that you do. I know they do, but my own worst critic is me. It's just mm-hmm. that's the whole part of being like an artist is I will never be satisfied with what I make. There's always something that needs to be improved upon because the whole process of making art is improving constantly. So yeah. I'm always looking at something I've done and I never – if I ever step away from a painting and go, this is my masterpiece, I'm full of shit and I'm trying to sell <laughs> you a painting because I know in my head that it can be improved because the next painting I do is going to be that much better because I'm constantly improving. So same with tattooing, yeah. you know. But sometimes you rut because it's a job and you get paid for it. So you you're not really pushing your boundaries very much, you know. You're just doing kind of the same thing over and over again. That's why you just let but, your wife sell the painting. You, know? you, you let her call it the masterpiece. So you don't have yeah, to say I that know, shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, but she's <laughs> selling houses now. Maybe I don't know. So when when know. so when, when do you start hanging your stuff up in the prospective houses to sell? Oh yeah, they'll love that shit. Yeah, here's a <laughs> no? fucking portrait of Bukowski. To sell you this? No. I don't really paint that much though either. So right now it's like did you sell I that? Have is, did you sell, sell that Bukowski what? one? I traded it. You traded for it, a, yeah. Yeah, I traded it for a bunch of T-shirts, actually, for a guy who, who prints T-shirts. No, mm-hmm. I'm not taking you for a walk, Fitbit. Fitbit's telling me to take it for a walk. Is it time? Podcaster right now. I'm only 30 <laughs> minutes in. Um, um, yeah, I traded it for for he works in a T-shirt company. Printed me out a bunch of T-shirts. For oh, okay. Him. But like, I think the most recent painting i've done was maybe last year at some point maybe a little one i can't mm-hmm. remember i honestly can't i just i don't know i don't know there's no space to do it and i can't afford renting a studio right now so i just kind of work on tiny things or on the ipad i like the what was it the mickey mouse uh, cactus uh, series you were doing there was yeah a- but i mean it's digital so i'm like yeah. what do i do with this thing what do i do like put it on the internet so someone can steal it like, I don't know what to do with it. It's only mm. just, uh, I just doodle. I don't know what to do with mm. any of that. But that's a whole other podcast. I really don't want to talk about that. Okay. Because yeah. it's just me being like, man, I'll start painting again one day. <laughs> yeah, I'll start making art again. Because everybody else around me can't make art. So they're like super excited about it. Like, you should keep making art. And I'm like, nah, man, just leave me alone, all right? <laughs> I'll make I, it when I feel like I it. I know. I know. I know. When um, I feel like it. I've, 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 yeah. Well, um, so speaking of better late than never, I, and I think I may have mentioned this or, or shared this story that, uh, a friend of mine who is, this guy is in recovery. He's probably 65 or 67 or something like that. And he's mm-hmm. got about the same amount of time as I do. He's maybe like, so four and a half or like four years, something like that. And he was telling me a story about how he was at a rehab center or a detox center and he's sitting around in one of these group sessions, and um, it's with a bunch of younger kids who are in their 20s. And he's talking about how old he is at the time. He was like 62 or 63, and he's getting sober. And, you know, he's lamenting all the wasted time and how, you know, like his kids won't let him hang out with the grandkids anymore and all this, like, heavy shit, right? And and one of the kids says to him, like, why are you quitting? You're already too old. Like, what's what's the point? Why not just fucking drink the rest of your life? Right. And, and you know, he says this and everybody laughs. 
And uh, but but he's like he's one of these fucking like perma pink cloud motherfuckers. He's always right. happy. Like he I've listened to his story a few times and there's no insincerity about it. He always comes and I don't think he owns all these cars, but he always comes. He always meets meets up in like a new or a different classic car. Like he's part mm-hmm. of some classic car crew or something like that. I don't know. Maybe he does have multiple ones, but he's always stoked. He's always happy. And he's like, I can't imagine, you know, I can't. He just doesn't even think about it. He says, this is all I this is what I have. And I'm so grateful for what I have. And I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Right. Because to say, oh, I should have quit when I was 50, you know, or 40 or 30, like it's there's no point in it. And, and it's again, I think that the one day at a time thing is really important to narrow it down to what you actually have, you know, in front of you. Right. What I, what I can control or really what I can experience. And I can't exper- experience yesterday or the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Somebody sent me a picture of it was a picture of me as a young man, and I'm gonna send it to you, and I want you to tell me what you think. Um, and tell me, tell me what you think. <laughs> so and it's just a picture of your dick, and I'm like, yeah, thanks. So your and, Tinder tricks aren't gonna work on me, buddy. <laughs> your Tinder tricks. So it's it's a picture of me on the red leather couch. Do you remember that red leather couch that used that floated around? The one that uh, our friend Jenny had. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! Look at you. <laughs> so it's. So what do you see? Well, how would you describe that? That. I don't know. <laughs> it looks like you, uh, like you own a like a store where you sell bizarre, like a bazaar, like where you sell strange items. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't look like you own it. It looks like you sweep up there. <laughs> yeah, basically. You're sitting on a red leather couch which I've slept on and you're holding a gallon of chocolate milk and there's a leprechaun behind you taped to the wall, a Star Wars poster. Two of the same Star Wars poster taped in a row. Whose home is this? I'm not sure. It wasn't mine. I think it might have been I think it might have been Jenny's. I have no idea, but um it must and have. a really cool. Le- I like that jacket though. I've that always my, liked that leather jacket. That was my dad's leather jacket from the seventies. Yeah. That was some classic shit. But so, so what? what did, how did you feel when you saw that picture? Because you were drinking. I was drinking. I think that might have been that definitely night. drinking chocolate milk. <laughs> I think that might have been an LSD night, but that never stopped me from drinking either. Being on LSD, no. I was never. Well, no, yeah. I was never on a mystical Lizard King kind of tour when I was doing no. LSD. It was always this like hard bizarre let's how see how weird we can get and i think i remember going to a grocery store by myself and being in awe over the fruit like all the different colors and the fluorescent lights and i Mm -hmm. bought that gallon of chocolate milk thinking that i needed it for something i think because there's some notion that if you're tripping too hard and if you drink milk you'll feel better or it'll lessen it somehow i guess always like an old i was never into lsd yeah but yeah, a, I've heard that too. Yeah, right. like it's a base or something. Yeah, something like base. that. Yeah, it's a base, and it'll it'll like uh, dissolve the acid. Yeah, and you'll stop freaking out or whatever. So I think that I th- I thought that I had to get that. Now there was no vehicle involved, so I walked from that um the, that Safeway on 18th in Eugene right. to where College were, Safeway. Yeah, I guess it wasn't that far, but it was like three, four, five blocks from my house with this gallon of chocolate milk or to wherever this picture was taken, and um. I mean, I wish like I see that kid and I'm like he's so young and he's he's not bad you know he's uh he's he's pretty uh he's not overweight but no nah, not yet not yet right and so not he's still yet. young and excited and youthful and I want to be like man you got so much potential going on there but I don't think that he really did I I think that that kid was still going through a lot of shit. And so the only way oh, to yeah. deal with it was to like medicate, medicate, medicate. And there was nobody, I had nobody to talk to. I had no older person. I had no adult. I had no, um, I had no mentor, you know, right. I think that's a big thing is that having, not having a mentor of any kind to kind of guide you or to say, Hey, try this, not that, um, was huge. And so I can't say anything to that person. That kid is just fucking having the fucking time of his life supposedly oh, yeah. with a gallon of chocolate milk he's, on a red leather couch. He's gone, couch. dude. That's yeah. all in your rear view. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have to I have to really be diligent about looking forward at 
like what is 52 going to be like? I mean, do you ever right. think about that? Do you ever think about like 10 years from now? People talk I about do. the decade and like you'll my be daughter 54. will be graduating high school. Yeah, she'll be out of high school already. I yeah, I think about it, but I I, I just keep telling myself, just take care of yourself now, and I think you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. I think of the physical aspect of it. Like I never really think about work or money or creative creatively. Mm-hmm. I just kind of am experiencing this life like literally. It's like the same fucking. It's like one day at a time. That sounds so weird, but it doesn't sound weird. It sounds like pretty much on the line we're at. But I don't even think like. Oh, I've got a five-year goal or whatever. And I've had them. I've got rough ones. Like, I'd mm-hmm. like to buy a home in five years. But really, I mean, mm. I don't know. I could be a guy in his 50s still renting. I don't give a shit as long as it's affordable. <laughs> 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 I don't want to get fucking... I don't want to fucking die of a heart attack at 50. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those are my fears. Are those sudden kind of things. Dumb, sudden just stupid dumb sudden thing like i can see them being like hey your prostate's super fucking big you know like in my 60s or something do you know what i'm saying like that makes sense or they're like yo you got a little bit of liver damage you know or lung damage or whatever i just don't want the big rock and lightning bolt thing but if it happens it happens i I don't to try not to think about that shit because it's not hasn't happened yet well i mean i can only speak from my own personal experience and i have completely fucking reversed any liver damage I may have given myself. Yeah, I'm assuming reversed, I have too. I don't know. You know, so I don't know. I, I, that's just what my doctor has told me is that there's there's nothing I'm, as aside from this particular little damage with my right. nerve and my spine, everything else is super healthy. And so, yeah, like, and that one day at a time is, that's the only way we're going to get there. And it's like, I can't fucking, again, running. Right. I can't run a marathon unless I take well, the first, the, do the first mile, the first right? part, yeah. And I know it's a cliche, and I know we throw it around the rooms, and I know even in recovery, guys like you and I throw it around in our lives. I try not to throw it around around the civilians too much, because then they're yeah. just like, yeah, one day at a time, man. Right, and I don't want to call them normies, although in my brain I'm like, bunch of normies. But I'm like, more like they're civilians, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like... Just and I don't want to do that shit to him because they don't like it. They don't like a lot of shit I do. Sometimes they're like, "That's not funny," and I'm like, "It's fucking hilarious, dude." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but even when I was drinking and hanging around with people who weren't didn't drink as heavily as I did, I joked about all that shit, and they thought it was weird too. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought it was. But hilarious. that being said, it's I know that's why you and I hung out. I'd be like, yeah, I'd shit myself on the way to work and just threw my underwear in a garbage can at work and then tattooed all day with no underwear on. And you would like laugh. We can laugh at that now in recovery because yeah. that's fucking what the fuck is that? It's, that's so stupid. Like that's uh-huh. so. And civilians just, are just horrified, right? Yeah, they're like, you didn't go home and take the day off, and I'm like, no, I, I took the to day make- off for. Way worse than that, but yeah. Needed to make whiskey money, you know. Need to make that Evan Williams money, dude. So I, whiskey ain't gonna buy itself. Mm 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 mm. It's 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 cliched, but it's fucking true. It's the uh, as Mishka Shubali says, it's the the cross stitch banal the banal cross stitch sayings that mm-hmm. they they ring true and they're there for a reason. They're there for yeah. a reason, and we repeatedly over and over it's it's just what gets me through sometimes where like because i'm again i'm a i'm a very sensitive person and i get easily overwhelmed and like i you know maybe if i would have calmed down or you know that was the other thing about the mri is they wanted to give me sedatives and volume and fucking all number of things they were like yeah i'll prescribe you whatever like what? What do you need? What do you? Uh, like, she wasn't like, what do you? You like? aren't gonna take the volume. Oh, I guess. What do you like? What do you? Yeah, into? she didn't say that, but uh, that was basically what it was. She got had quaaludes. These, they got all from these options. Seventy-two. So I did. And get, you were like, well, I don't know. Yeah. You didn't feel comfortable with that. Like I just, if I had to get on a plane, I would definitely take, probably take a sedative. But I also know that I'd probably, as soon as I was done with them, like flush them all down the toilet. Right. Um, yeah. But she gave me a prescription for basically. It's like the. The equivalent of a Benadryl, but it doesn't last as long. I guess it only mm-hmm. lasts a few hours instead of twelve hours or whatever they're supposed to. But I didn't want to take them. I didn't even want to take those because I guess well, I drove there myself and I was going to drive back and I didn't see any. Oh yeah. I didn't want to mm-hmm. be taking sedatives at eight o'clock in the morning and then fucking have to drive home <laughs> afterwards. You know. You're like, what is this? Two thousand and three? Uh huh. Exactly. So. I've amassed a nice little collection of pills now. I've got these sedatives. I think I've got some some sort of painkillers in my in my cupboard. 
And mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I have, I'm not, I have no intention of using them and I don't fuck with them. They've been there forever, the painkillers. Yeah, but, same here. I probably wouldn't flush them down the toilet. I'd just put them in a cabinet and forget about them. Yeah, but I just, I don't want to... I don't want to do those things anymore. I don't. I don't want to fuck with it. And but my point is, is one breath at a time. Whatever it takes to get through of a situation. If I ever felt like I had to take another MRI, yeah, on my head, I would probably take something. But it's just that moment of like, okay, just take it easy, slow down. It's just today. And again, I go, is everything all right? Do you have? Do you have food, shelter? You know, like all the basic shit. No, is I know. Covered, I always right? laugh because it is all the basic shit. But then you can't. It's really hard to deal with the shit in your head, though. It always has been mm -hmm. for me. Yes, it's been. I, so I can even take all that shit for granted in the moment and understand yes. that I'm comfortable and happy and well fed and my bills are paid and my daughter's healthy, my wife is healthy. But still, I just am a fucking failure. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you're just a fucking fraud and a failure. And what are you even doing here? And your time could be better spent doing other things or. You gonna fall asleep tonight, Jerry? That's the big one right now. You gonna mm. fall asleep tonight, Jerry? You just gonna roll around? You gonna have to watch uh, Bob's Burgers all three seasons? Play on the TV while you try to sleep on the couch again? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. I hope not. But if it happens, that's all right. Bob's I gotta go to the doctor tomorrow, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I got my. Um, I was gonna call it a touch up, but there's no touch up there. Tune up. I don't a tune know. Tune up. Uh, check up. Check physical. In, check up. Physical. physical. Yeah. A touch-up is what you do shot. at work. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A physical I'm and a flu, flu shot? shot, and they're going to weigh, weigh me, and I'm going to talk to her about some stuff and be like, why does my ankle hurt? When can I get snipped? What are we going to do here? It's like the right. third podcast in a row. I've talked about it the second but yeah. Um, like, what are we going to... When? What's up? Let's make this happen. You and me. You and me. You and me, lady. Let's talk the logistics. V for vasectomy. <laughs> v for vasectomy. You know I'm serious because I'm in here smoking a cigar. <laughs> Um, well, that's good. That's good. I, I think that that's a, that's definitely forward thinking that you're actually giving a shit to go to the doctor. I mean, I don't think that I, I wouldn't set foot near a hospital or in a hospital when I was drinking unless it was an emergency. No, because you knew everything was broken and they were going to be like, by the way, your entire body's made out of fucking cirrhosis. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I was afraid of. I was literally afraid I walked through the door and they're like, like I would just die as soon as I stepped over the threshold because uh, my body was just waiting like a Rube Goldberg fucking mechanism just barely held together you know what I mean mm -hmm. and one marble falls and the whole thing just collapses while the marble hits the pig in the ass and mm -hmm. shit on the way down so yeah fuck that shit and now I go and I'm like yo my blood pressure's dope huh mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like I'm stoked you know well you also you come up with this the, you want the information so that you can solve the problem absolutely if, mm -hmm. if 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 your ankle hurt while you were drinking, you would just drink more. Yeah. Maybe score some painkillers from somebody somewhere at some point. Coda. <laughs> <laughs> score some painkillers from him it, it, wherever he got it, whatever strange fucking friends he bowling would Bowling alley, right? Bowling, yeah. Yeah. There was always some strange He's bowling like, hey, alley. Hey, I got people. all these muscle relaxers in the bowling alley. You want one? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's it's just now you you go my ankle hurts what do I need to do like right. can we can we get it fucking something that I can I can do something or is right. there what like is why the... would I have this localized pain or whatever you know that just come because it didn't come right after running anyway this yeah it but, like showed up later on in the evening so I'm like oh maybe I injured something and it was a delayed mm -hmm. reaction I don't know but just that we we become we become much more interested in solving the problems that come in front of us rather than running away from them well they yeah because they become solvable they become manageable <laughs> yes. do you know what i mean like before they always say oh your life was unmanageable yeah i mean it's oh so today is this month is one january it's the first month of the year so when you i would like the meetings i've been going to have been step one meetings the powerlessness mm -hmm. you know like you know yeah, powerlessness and life being unmanageable and that you're powerless over this thing. This thing has power over you and that your life is unmanageable. I keep repeating that over and no, over again. No, but, but that you... But that's the whole thing, right? Better late than never. Like we all have to hit a spot where we decide that this is not working. This isn't working. This just doesn't work the way it's working. So I can keep doing it this way and be miserable all the time or I can 
be miserable for a shorter period of time and actually start feeling better eventually. Eventually, you know? yeah. And it's, eventually. it's there's no there's no there's no guarantee that I quit drink. There was there was no guarantee that if I quit drinking, I was going to feel better, or that or that your was life gonna, was even going to get better. There there's no, no guarantee, but there's no guarantee for anything. Though. Mm-hmm. That's the great philosophical debate. Debate, <laughs> right? The only thing you're really guaranteed is that you die. Mm-hmm. You know. So what do you do with that time before then, or what? How? How? What's your attitude? Because life can't take a giant shit on you. And so then, how do you? How do you react to all that or deal with it? I just I look at it like there had to, I I I got. Like even the concept of better late than never, like I got to where I needed to get right when I needed to get there. I honestly do. And it's not about destiny or any of that shit. This is just, I needed to stop drinking on July 4th, 2014. That needed to be my first day sober was the 4th of July for some reason. I just needed to be there in that moment. And just, okay, I'm done. This is too hard. I can't do this anymore. So let's try something else for a little while. And now I'm sitting here talking to you fucking you know five and a half years later so and this little while is working right you know so far it's working and i get worried about it we all get worried about it i know you get worried about it sometimes you're like dang am i doing this right because i do that all the time i'm like am i doing this correct i feel kind of crazy i'm probably not doing this right right now i need to figure out why all the time and what i'm doing wrong yeah yeah i feel like i'm doing all this shit wrong constantly I feel like I'm doing a. I mean, not to fucking blow up that eleventh step or whatever, eleventh tradition, but like I feel like I'm doing AA wrong constantly. Like I'm always like, I'm not doing this shit right. I share. I'm not sharing right. Nobody thinks I'm funny. Nobody wants to hear my boring shit. I repeat the same thing ten times in a row. I'm like, Ugh. you know what I mean? Like, never got onto my fifth step. Fucking don't have a sponsor right now. I'm just like doing this all wrong. But am I though? Because like my wife's happy and my daughter's happy and I'm, I'm mostly happy. You know. I don't have to be happy all the time, but everybody's satisfied. You know what I mean? Like I'm reliable and I'm dependable and I'm, I, I feel, feel good. like I feel okay. Yeah. And that's great. I love feeling okay. So well, I know. feel like as alcoholics, well, and I'll, I'll speak for myself and I think that I, 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 if I'm hearing you correctly, there's a level of endurance that we have, right? So, so you right. drank for all those years and you were pretty, yeah. you were pretty fucking tough to like deal with every single one of those hangovers and unpaid right. bills and failed, you know, relationships and shitty days at jobs and you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, and for me constantly always hung over and hating life and trying to get through every single hour of every single day. And until finally I was just broken. And so I think, I have no intention of giving up on recovery or any of, you know, my my personal brand of recovery or whatever steps that I'm working on or the things that I'm trying to fix, but I think at a certain point even in recovery for me at, at on a certain step at a certain level it's going to become life is going to become unmanageable until I mm-hmm. finish that thing. There's going to become right. a point where I'm going to like fuck so- it, I'm so fucking done with this let's just do it and get it over with and then what am i going to say to myself why did you wait so long why didn't you do this sooner why didn't you you know and and that's again that's not going to be helpful because i got there when i was supposed to get there so right and this is very interesting though because this ties into mm -hmm. earlier you're like it's almost like you double back to the earlier the concept of the dry drunk and Mm -hmm. not working a program or not doing the step or the thing you need to do to make yourself feel better so it's almost like your stasis once again unmanageable you know Mm -hmm. that's the language i hear so yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. I think that we, we have to learn it. I have to learn it in my own way and in my own time. And correct, I can't correct. fucking speed it up. I just, I can't. And so, there's a bit of relief in that acceptance of if I'm feeling bad about not doing it right, or I feel like I'm a fraud, or I feel like I'm a failure, and I have to right. go, okay, well, wait a second. This is how you did it before. You weren't ready until you were ready. And right. I Word. can't, I can't tell somebody else, oh, you know, you should be ready. Um, or you know what you really need? You need this right. now when right. they haven't figured it out. And I keep, you know, and one of my things is like, I'm always looking for help externally for things. And I think it's important to find support, but Absolutely. all this, all yeah. this shit, it's, it's gotta be learned on your own. There's no, there's no, there's no secret recipe or magic bullet or anything except no and it's all personalized towards each individual person Mm -hmm. you know and so that's what i sometimes i have that doubt and because i'm 
comparing my fucking yard to someone else's yard when I'm like, I'll come to this when I need to come to it, you know? And maybe I'll never come to it. Maybe I'll just live in this stasis and I'll be all right with it. Because like I said, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to kill myself. I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I know that's like a... <laughs> That's, that's a low, low bar. hanging ass fruit. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty low bar. But I, but other than that, like I, I have you know hope and positivity and like I feel hopeful about things, you know. And I never felt hopeful. I mean, what was the joke? It was always like, "Hey, Jerry, how's life?" And I was always like, "Taking too long. Mm, take it know? forever. Take yeah. it forever." <laughs> right? I was like this like twenty eight year old curmudgeon. People knew me as like even in my thirties. They're like, "You're the oldest, youngest person I've ever. You're the oldest mm-hmm. young person I've ever met." And that was like a part of my personality. And now I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like I accept things now, and I'm like open to things, and I listen to things, you know. And unless they're like diametrically opposed to me, then I'm like, "Fuck you! I don't want to hear you anymore." But you know, <laughs> even those things, I kind of crack my mind a little to try to understand them, you know. Well. I was it's speaking, an interesting process, man. Speaking of things you're diametrically opposed to and, and ideas that you don't agree with and stuff like that, I was having a conversation with somebody this afternoon, and he was talking about, it was more about the relationships between men and women today and how there was like, uh-huh. you know, men going their own way and women going their own way, and it was all this talk about promiscuity and how men perceive women and women perceive men and how they're always at odds and all this different stuff, and it was kind of he was getting a little excited about it and sort of and I was like so hang on a second there's there's two things I want to say is that one I'm more interested in having a discussion based on experiences rather than your theories based on feelings because right. especially from YouTube videos of people you don't know um and two is it? oh no, do two and two what I'm hearing you describe from these other people um, who are having issues is I hear people who are angry, who are resentful, who are irritated, frustrated, and who are projecting um, their feelings onto other people. Mm-hmm. And there's this lack of responsibility, personal responsibility that comes with the program that you and I work and that extra column that I, I, I was told to put, but and I think you were too, like, and what was your part in this? Was your so, part in it, yeah. So even if I'm having a discussion with somebody who I don't agree with, what is my part in it? I'm 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 choosing to be a part of the discussion. So maybe I should say goodbye and move on or whatever. So I think that there's there tends to be and I don't want to generalize, but when I hear people who are against things, when I hear people who are angry, when I hear people who are resentful, I find that a lot of it stems from some lack of responsibility for their part in that anger or resentment. At least that's been my experience in my life. (laughs) Right. I was going to say that's going to be a really fun uh, episode of Gluten is Not Your Problem. Mm -hmm. Talking about... You and Walter talking about men's rights. (laughs) I was trying to be funny, and then you're like, "Uh uh-huh, and I'm like, oh, shit. Uh but uh, and it wasn't I was like speaking to people I fundamentally disagree with on mm-hmm. things on time Listen travel. To the next and... gluten is not your problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Walter. He's one of my favorite. Can foils. we? Can we get you He's on? One of my favorite. Can foils. we get you on the podcast sometime? Well, no, because you're gonna set it up now like in a Vander Holyfield fight night, and I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> I don't. I, majority of my relationship him was not arguing. There were just no. when we argued, we like really argued. But it seemed to like color the rest of our interactions for a long time, but. But I feel like like 90% of our friendship was like we fucking had a really good time together. There was a percentage of it that was drinking mm-hmm. and there was, a you know, because we drank together a lot, he and I. Mm-hmm. And there was a big percentage of it that was just we had common things. And then there was that little percentage where we fought, but it was so loud constantly that, yeah. But yeah, you can have me on, sure. All right, I'll wanna... be like, Walter, stop watching those YouTube videos. <laughs> that shit's silly. Come yeah, on now. Come on now. So it's not I, even him. I don't even think it's, it's him. Not, it's not him, funny. but he, I think he's got some interesting ideas too. I, I, uh, I, I oh, yeah, enjoy. I know he does. Yeah, <laughs> I can already hear you being a little. Wound ice up, cream but... is frozen soup. I'm like, shut up! It's just fucking ice cream. <laughs> but do you know what I mean about just that yeah. certain that column of like, what is my part in this? Well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That one thing yes. has helped me. People f- more than it. It's just it's helped me more than anything else. Yes. Me too. I see a lot of these people too, and I know that they feel less than, and they feel hurt, and they feel like 
demoralized and, and minimized and so they need to find their power and their power comes through anger because i need to find my power and my power always comes through anger you know what i mean i just see mm-hmm. myself in them so i'm like damn but that being said i don't want to fucking hang out with people like that too much because they make me feel bad so i'm like well, i ain't fucking with you today but mm-hmm. but yeah there's what is your part in this you know like oh yeah women your relationships all fucking maybe you're maybe you don't know how to talk to people of the opposite sex or maybe you don't know how to relate to them or maybe you're being closed-minded as what their experience is as a human being in mm-hmm. this world. Or whatever. I don't know. I ain't the wokest guy here. That's for sure. I have no idea. Someone called me a boomer the other day. <laughs> How'd that make you feel? Shitty. Yeah. Really shitty. Yeah, because she was getting a Lady Gaga quote tattooed on her. And I was making fun of Lady Gaga saying it was pop music and I didn't like it. And she's like, okay, boomer. I thought you were woke. And I was like, Jesus. I'm going to add 10 extra bucks to your fucking tattoo. <laughs> boomer tax. <laughs> boomer tax 20 extra bucks now bam i need that hard candy and to hoard away all my classic cars right yeah i don't uh, need classic cars well, like it, come on now i'm broker than you motherfucker oh my goodness i mean i don't want to talk about generational wealth gap or anything like that um but there's tons of it yeah. ah welcome welcome to recovery <laughs> but yeah so again I, I all i can say is that every single resentment frustration anger bad feeling that i have had that has caused me to drink or that i have had to repair fix or to be introspective about that has helped me to be better in recovery has come to figuring out what my part in the in the in the resentment is yeah because without that's been helpful for you yeah just it's been helpful for me that's that would be that would be the thing that I would I would say on that. I need to do a little bit more of that. I'm being totally frank. I'm not even right. joking. Although it sounds kind of funny because I'm like, I need to do a little. But I absolutely do. Because there are aspects of my life where I find myself holding big resentments, especially lately. And I'm like, damn, Jerry, you need to really work on your end of it. Because people or places or things aren't going to change. You need to change the way you deal with those people, places, mm-hmm. and things. Yeah. Because it's just going to be the way it is. There's nothing I can do to stop it. It's true. Word. I I heard a quote, or I saw a quote that said, you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Get it? No. You You can't can't change the the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Oh, like you can just, you can't change their minds, but you can ghost them and be like, eat a dick, I'm out. (laughs) Yes, that's what you Right, yeah. I know when... (laughs) That's just the fucking that's Jerry Wagner on Snapchat. Eat a dick, I'm out. Eat a dick, I'm out. Deuces, TikTok. <laughs> you right? Have you checked out my TikTok yet? No, I, uh, I don't want to go to jail. It's not. You're not going to jail. It's too many children, dude. <sighs> I don't know. I don't. I have. I don't interact with children. I'll anymore. go on Olive's TikTok. I'll, I'll, I'll look at it. I'll find it. I know you've been posting more of it on Instagram, and I'm like, you're gonna go to fucking jail, dude. <sighs> You're not even doing anything inappropriate. I'm just saying there's way too many kids. I there's feel like I'm gonna kids. hit, like I'm gonna hit somebody with something by accident. So I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh. No. It's no. yeah. Anyhow, um, but yeah, man. I I think it's I think it's a valuable tool going and, and I'm, and I'm just fucking. I, Are I'm you talking so- about four step or TikTok? <laughs> four step. <laughs> Maybe you need to four step about the TikTok. I don't know. You but... <laughs> it's a TikTok video where I dance and sl- like and do the step. <laughs> you do the four step fucking lip sync or something. But with one of those weird dances that all the teenage girls are doing now, where it looks mm-hmm. like you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I uh, just personal responsibility, I suppose. I Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, I, again, I have to be grateful that I'm here now and like, I fucking be as healthy as I can be. And I'm only 42 years old. Yeah. You are right? only 42 years I'm old and you're killing 42. it. Thank God Think about it this here. way. Most 42 year olds aren't in as great a health as you are. That's Most. crazy to me. 90%. <laughs> I don't know if it's 90%, but like I look at other people my age and I'm like, and I'm not trying to judge them. I'm just like, I know that they're not feeling good right now, and that sucks. Yeah. And I try to help anybody who hits me up about it. I tell them what worked for me, just like mm-hmm. with the program. Yeah. And Weight loss can be yours. Just listen to our podcast and donate to our Patreon. <laughs> right? Subscribe to the Jerry Wagner Method, twenty nine ninety nine a month. Mm-hmm. Nine yep. Doritos. <laughs> Nine Doritos a day. It's all you're allowed. Nine Doritos. <clears throat> One orange with salt on it. Nine Doritos. Ew, That's an orange it. with salt? Is that what you're eating? Yeah, it's delicious i eat it for a snack yeah orange with salt and chili powder yeah 
Oh, okay. It's like a, it's a little Latino kind of Mexican thing I grew up with. Well, with the what's what's the tahine? Yeah, tahine yeah. and a little bit of salt on okay. an orange. It actually kind of trips me out because that citrus and salt together sometimes. When I eat it, I get like flashbacks of taking shots of tequila. Mm, yeah, yeah, it, just because of that salt and citrus together. Not major flashbacks where I run out and buy a bottle of Don Julio or anything or whatever. Barbarossa? No, that was rum. I'm, I'm alright <laughs> yeah, you're good just... I was trying to think of cheap tequila and I couldn't think of one uh, we used to get they're this, all gross we used to get I think it was like Pancho Villa or something like that or Pancho Viejo and it was I remember going to the whiskey bar in downtown Seattle and this is I don't know if this is going to trigger anybody but um, we used to go there at noon on Sunday because they had dollar shots and dollar beers and I don't know what the tequila was but we would do shots of tequila thinking it was the best quality for of the dollar shots that we could do no, it's usually just grain alcohol with a little tequila flavoring in it. It's literally vodka with tequila flavoring. Uh, and then the beer is just coming through a moldy tap line. Just, I'm pretty sure I need to make an amends to some bartenders, too, come to think of it, for my behavior over the years. But I don't know if I'll ever get the chance oh, to do that. Oh, absolutely. We both do. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll do it through the podcast and call it good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, Anyhow, I got to You got to go. I have to I gotta feed go. my family. Yeah. Yes. Well, I appreciate you uh, chatting with me today, and and, yeah, and always, good. and always, and I'm just I'm yeah. grateful that we get to be here and be this young and healthy. Right? Exactly, and you know what? Next week, uh, everybody will get some uh, Fallout 76 updates from me. All right, all right. No, not at all. Okay, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Jeff. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.